0: Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David begins a new series called Up Close, taking a look at people that got very close to Jesus as we begin the journey to Lent. Let's listen. Well, throughout this season of Lent, you are going to be introduced to several characters in the Bible. And each character uh, has a reason that we're bringing them forth. It's because they came close to Jesus. And their lives were then changed because of that encounter with Jesus. So today, you're going to be introduced to a man named Nicodemus. Let's get to know him a little bit.
1: 613. There were 613 rules to follow. Think about that. 613. Do you really understand how many that is? And, and I knew them all, and um, I followed them, mostly. So now I'm sitting across from Jesus, and he says, Nicodemus, it's not about the leaves." Uh, um, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Basically, that's what he said. Now, you have to see this from my perspective. I mean, the day before, <clears throat> I witnessed this man turn the temple upside down. A place, mind you, that I spent my entire life trying to preserve. So, you can understand why I might want to have a conversation with him in a secluded place at night. I mean, how would you feel if somebody says, somebody that you trusted, that they tell you that the thing you devoted your entire life to, that that thing missed the point entirely, You're a fool. That's the way it makes you feel. So I say to him, only one law feels too good to be true. Because it did. All I had to do was believe he was the Messiah. That he was the one who was promised? He just glossed over it like it was a simple fit. And then he starts talking about light and dark and evil deeds and truth. And I'm thinking, can we just go back to where you took this really complicated thing and made it not complicated you see my life was in the details actually no my religion was in the details in in all the complications of the law in Crossing all the T's and, well, because that's what I believed. That's what I believed would save me. 613 rules. Well, I was wrong. It was love that would save me. For God so loved.
0: the new series that we're starting throughout the season of Lent is called Up Close. Because over and over again in the Bible, we see that people's lives are changed when they become up close to Jesus. Not when they keep Jesus at a safe distance and an arm's length, but no, it's when they go to Jesus that their hearts are really transformed. And that's what I hope for us this season of Lent, is that it's going to mean something different for every one of us, but that you can decide to take that next step towards Jesus. That you can get a little bit closer to the presence of Christ and allow Christ to then do his work in you. To be slowly changed by that. That is really the goal of this. So the first person that we're going to study today more in full is this man you just saw, Nicodemus. Because Nicodemus got up close to Jesus and his life was different because of that. So I hope uh, you picked up a couple of things uh, based on what Nicodemus just shared with us. Uh, The first that I really want to highlight was that Nicodemus was trying his best to be a faithful and devout person uh, in the way that he was taught to do so. Yet his faith depended on following this inordinate amount of rules, 613 of them. Can you imagine if you came here saying, okay, faith and and having God be pleased with me, that's dependent on me following all of these rules perfectly. Can you imagine the pressure that that would put on you? It was less faith and more legalism. And yet, this is what he did, this is what he changed his life around uh, in order to try to be faithful to God. And yet, Nicodemus found something very intriguing about Jesus. There was something very interesting about Jesus because he taught that it wasn't about that. He taught that it was about a relationship with God, a relationship that's based on grace and love from God towards you and not following all of the rules perfectly. And so Nicodemus visited Jesus at night when no one else was going to be around. Because Nicodemus was a Pharisee, which meant that he was one of the religious leaders. He was one of the ones who taught the other people, this is what you must do. These are the rules you must follow if you are going to be faithful to God. And yet now he's beginning to question that. He's beginning to wonder, was I wrong in teaching this? And so he sneaks out at night and approaches Jesus up close because he has questions about his faith. Okay, that's the premise for us, but apply it to yourself for a second because I'm sure that you've got questions about your faith as well. We all do, and those questions will not be answered if we stand at a distance from Jesus. Uh, One of the things that this series is trying to put in our, our place here is that we, like Nicodemus, should boldly take that step towards Christ to say, okay, here are my questions or here is what I'm seeking in my faith right now. Can we be like Nicodemus? So Nicodemus approaches Jesus and begins to say, okay, teach me what you say faith is. What I would like to do now is study a couple of the the responses that Jesus makes. Because Jesus responds to Nicodemus and and says to him, okay, you're wondering about faith? This is what it is. This is true faith. And so I'm going to pick it up in chapter three of John in verse three, because this is Jesus' first teaching to Nicodemus. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Okay, how interesting is this? Because Nicodemus has come to him and has asked him, tell me about God. If you claim to truly know God, then, then, then where, where is God at work in the world? According to you, Jesus. And Jesus has this amazing teaching. He says, okay, if you really want to see the kingdom of God at work in the world today, you have to have the right eyes the right eyes to truly see it, because what Jesus is teaching here is that the work of God is largely invisible, just like God. But a certain kind of people can be trained to see it. Jesus calls those people born again. Uh, The literal translation from the Greek is born from above. But whatever term you want to use, what Jesus is teaching here is that to see the kingdom of God, To truly see it requires a spiritual transformation within your heart. It requires a person to open up their heart to God. It's a rebirth, a reorientation. It's an awakening to something new that's happening in this world. Yes, when you give your life to God, it is like you are opening up your eyes to a whole new world Of possibilities. So, do you want to see the kingdom of God? Uh, Do you want to see with your own eyes the work of God in the world? To see God at work, Jesus teaches, requires this inner spiritual transformation. Now, at this point, do you think Nicodemus is intrigued? Because for Nicodemus, he said, no, 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 it's about following the rules. It's about pleasing God. It's about trying to be as perfect in my faith as possible. But Jesus is saying now, no, it's not that at all. It's about a change in your heart. It's about an inner transformation. And Nicodemus begins to wonder, how is it that you know this? How, Jesus, can you say this? How do you have the authority? And so a little bit later on, this is what Jesus says to him about his own authority. He says, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Now, the Son of Man is the title for Jesus. And so this would have been what we call today a mic drop moment. We just drop that mic and Jesus could just walk away because, oh my goodness, what do you say to that? I mean, Jesus just proclaimed that he can speak truly about faith and about the kingdom of God because he is is the only one who has ever been in heaven and who has come from heaven to earth. He can speak about the heavenly things because he has been in heaven himself. No one else can claim. No one else has that unique authority but Jesus. And Jesus then goes on to say, and I came from heaven not only to teach you, but there's a, another reason as well. There's a specific reason Purpose about why I came to earth, which he shares in the next verse. He says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. So Jesus is referring here to a story that a religious leader, like a Pharisee, would have known very well. It came from the Old Testament book of Numbers. And it was when the Israelites were were journeying in the desert. They were out in the wilderness and they were attacked by poisonous snakes. So so God tells Moses, here's what I want you to do. I want you to form a bronze snake. And I want you to put that snake on a pole and then I want you to hold it up. And whoever sees that bronze snake, well, they will be healed. They will be given life." even if they were bitten by a poisonous snake. Now, this image of a snake around a pole, it's become a universal uh, image of healing. Take, for example, the flag of the World Health Organization. What do you see right in the middle of that flag? It's become this symbol of healing. So Jesus is using this analogy from the Old Testament that would have been very familiar to Nicodemus. And he's saying, just like God healed people back then and gave them life by the bronze snake being lifted up, so now God is also going to bring life, but something else is going to be lifted up. It's going to be Jesus Christ. And it's not going to be just a physical life that you're given back. It's going to be eternal life. That is given to anyone who looks upon Jesus as he is lifted up. So the natural question must be, how is Jesus going to be lifted up? How is Jesus like that bronze snake? And the answer is that he's lifted up on the cross. It is on the cross and through the cross that Jesus is going to provide this eternal life to the world. Yes, Jesus came not only to teach, but also to be lifted up on the cross. What do you think the significance of that is? Well, in the very next verse, that's what Jesus shares with us. He says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Do you have that verse memorized? Because if not, today is the day. That is your homework. I hope you go home and memorize this verse because it's foundational. It's foundational for who we are as Christians. And it was shared for the first time in the middle of the night to a Pharisee who snuck out to learn more about Jesus. On Wednesday nights, I teach our middle schoolers and we call ourselves, the group, 316 students. And that's based off this verse, John 3, 16. And the thinking behind that was, okay, middle schoolers are beginning to really create this faith on their own, right? It's apart from their parents. Parents just saying, this is what I want you to believe. And it's now them saying, what is it that I believe for myself? And for that to happen, for that process to happen, they need a foundation to build their faith upon And this is the foundation. It is John 3.16 and crazy games with balloons. you got to have them both to really snatch those middle schoolers' attention. And so I challenged every middle schooler. There were 10 of them that first night. And I said, if you memorize this, this one verse, then I'm going to get you a candy bar. And every single one of them memorized it. Now, I'm not guaranteeing you a candy bar, but I also really encourage you to memorize this Because this, throughout this season of Lent, is what we can build our faith upon, this understanding of Jesus. So he shares this with Nicodemus. And it's like Jesus is telling Nicodemus, it's not about trying to be perfect. Take that pressure off yourself. It's not about trying to follow everything you think God wants you to do perfectly to the T. It's about trust. It's about belief. It's about turning over your heart in an authentic way to Jesus Christ and then living in the way that Jesus models. That will lead to eternal life. That will lead to true and abundant life. Now, I bet you all know that verse well, but we can't just stop there because Jesus continues talking. He continues teaching, and it it really bookends this teaching very well. So here's what he says next. He says for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him and whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stand condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son So in this foundational teaching what Jesus uh, shares with us is that God did not send Jesus into the world as a condemning judge. God sent Jesus as a messenger of love, right? For God so loved the world. That's why he sent his son into the world. Love, not condemnation, is God's message to us. So let's bring ourselves back to the story. Do you think that sort of message would have had an effect on Nicodemus? Do you think that sort of message would have changed Nicodemus's heart. Well, Nicodemus is interesting because he doesn't say anything else in this story. But we do see him again four chapters later. Four chapters later in John chapter 7, Nicodemus pops up just for one verse and says one thing. But I think what he says gives us a picture into his art and if it was changed by Jesus. So I, I want to... Uh, to read that verse, and and here's the context for you. So, uh, it was during a Jewish festival of tabernacles, and uh, many people, many Jews, would have a pilgrimage back to Jerusalem uh, each year to celebrate the tabernacles. Jesus also went, but he went in secret because he knew that if the Pharisees, right, people like Nicodemus, if they saw Jesus, they were ready to arrest him and send him onto the cross. But Jesus knew his time was not ready yet. So he goes in secret. But then on the very last day of the festival, Jesus just can't help himself. He just has to teach. And so he goes right there in the temple court and he begins to preach. The Pharisees see him. They spot him. And so they send the temple guards to go and arrest Jesus. And the temple guards refuse. They don't do it. And that's where I want to pick up our story. It says the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? Meaning, why didn't you arrest Jesus? He was right there in our grasp. And here's what they said. No one ever spoke the way this man does. Yes, the guards were convinced by the words that Jesus said. Uh, They were so convinced that what Jesus says was true that they refused to arrest Jesus in that moment. Uh, Remember, these are the temple guards, not the Roman guards. And so their bosses were the Pharisees. And they are choosing to disobey a direct order from them, from their own bosses, because they are so convinced at those words that Jesus was teaching in the temple courts. To which the Pharisees replied, You mean he has deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted. Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? No. But this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. That is such a condescending comment, isn't it? Because the Pharisees were really the ones with all of the, the learning, the education, and the knowledge of the law. And they're referring to everyone else as ah, just the mob. That uneducated mob, they don't know anything about Jesus. Don't believe them. They're saying, has any Pharisee, any one of us, believed in Jesus? Nicodemus is in that room. As they're having this conversation, Nicodemus is in that room. And don't you think his mind is going back to that night? That night that he snuck out and heard from Jesus. That night that Jesus shared with him, listen, it's not about following these rules, but it's God's love that has come into this world for you? Do you think he's considering all of this and wondering to himself, should I stand up? Should I tell them I've met Jesus? And Jesus is not a rebel or a heretic. I believe Jesus is Savior. Do you think that Nicodemus is bold enough to be able to do that? Well, the answer to that is kind of. Here's what he does. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, and who was one of their own number, meaning a Pharisee, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? Okay, so this was the opportunity for Nicodemus to tell them you're in the wrong. But he doesn't quite do that. He takes a half measure, doesn't he? He asks them a probing question to say, is it against our law? To just arrest Jesus to condemn him without even talking to him, knowing that that is against the Jewish law. Well, they decide to turn on him too. They replied, "Are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee." There's an implicit threat in that question: "Are you from Galilee too?" Meaning, are you like Jesus, Nicodemus? Because if you're like Jesus, then you may end up at the same fate that we know Jesus is going to end up with. Nicodemus is silent after this. We don't hear from him again in this conversation. He refuses to challenge his fellow leaders. And so the question that I want to pose today is, did Nicodemus fail? And I don't really think so. I don't think so, and here's why. I truly think that Nicodemus's art was changed by becoming up close to Jesus that night. But I believe that fear got in the way of him fully embracing that spiritual transformation that was happening within him. His fear of what his fellow leaders would have done to him and his own physical safety if they knew that he was supporting Jesus. And that was too much to overcome. So let's apply this once again to ourselves. As we begin this Lenten journey, as we are seeking to get up close to Jesus, what fear is getting in the way of you fully embracing Christ? What is holding you back from taking that step that your faith is asking you to take, that is pushing you to take? I read this story and I say, I don't want any half measures. I I don't want to stop where Nicodemus did. I want to keep going. I want to learn these foundational truths that Jesus taught us and say, great, that's my foundation. That's how I want to live my life. Let's keep going. Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. There is no greater news than this. This is the foundational, transformational news that we are given in this passage. And so let's be like Nicodemus. Let's boldly approach Jesus, but then let's not stop there. Let's live our entire lives in response to these words from Jesus. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.